Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No I don't care Heading my way For another place And I got Three good tires And a spare Right to the hook right here Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Low Budget Live Not so live and how you doing, you bunch of daggum lowlifers? And if you are new to this program that we call Low Budget Live, Not So Live, sometimes Low Budget Live, sometimes. Haven't done a LBL in a while, but uh, you're now a lowlifer, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. So welcome, if you're new, and welcome back, all of you loyal, loyal lowlifers. LBL, the I mean, in my opinion, the first low-budget, you know, all-original idea podcast, right? Low-budget, often imitated, more now, more than ever. Even even some of the uh, some of my biggest critics are now, you know, they do do low-budget live-esque shows. It's interesting. It's an interesting time out there in fishing podcasts. But I appreciate each and every one of you showing up here every single week. And this is the podcast for Monday, November 30th. And that is the last, last day of November in this crazy month, crazy month, crazy year of 2020. And we're almost there. And hopefully, hopefully when it, when we click over on December 31st, we, we get rid of... Uh, some of this bad luck. I, I, I feel like, you know, we're hearing these vac- this vaccine talk. There's lots of things to be looking forward to. Just wrapped up Thanksgiving, of course. 
And we talked about that last time. Were you guys going to go full board? I want it in the comments again. How did it go? Did you go full board? Did you go out and about with your family at all? Did you did you stay home? I, I really appreciated the feedback last week. It was awesome to hear. And from what I saw on social media, a lot of people really cut back this year. They really, really scaled down their family gatherings. And and uh, and when they did have a bigger family gathering, I saw a lot of masks on social media. It was uh, it was crazy, you know. We're living in different times for sure. So let me know how did it go? How did it go? How did your Thanksgiving go uh, last week? A lot of feedback on that, and I always appreciate that because, like I said, media gives you whatever. I like knowing what the people think. I like knowing what the people think, and uh, and y'all definitely did that. So let me know how did it go? Did you did you enjoy your socially distanced? turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie if you enjoyed pumpkin pie we probably can't be friends (laughs) i think i mean that ain't nothing but a gourd i and that i i'm not eating uh big thanksgiving weekend around here if you follow me on instagram facebook all that jazz hudson duncan my 13 year old co-host sometimes he's not here tonight uh but he finally he has hunted his little tail off this year, and he finally shot a, uh, a buck. This is only his second buck ever. He killed a little spike buck years ago for his first deer, and yeah, probably three or four, three years ago, I guess. And he has hunted with me a bunch. Of course, I, I shot a really nice one earlier this year, so I've been hunting with him a ton every time he wants to go. And uh, and we've been after we we've got two on our farm that we hunt that are really really good deer, really good deer. That I, I mean, you know, for me shooters that uh you know and i'm pretty pretty serious about what i take and man we've had opportunities this past monday he actually shot a really good deer that we hadn't seen on camera mature eight comes out and he i thought he made a great shot we trailed the deer for a couple hundred yards lost blood anyways you hunters out there know how this goes but uh, we lost the deer couldn't find the deer. We looked for two days. Haven't found it. And that just happens. And I, I told him, you know, he was heartbroken. And I'm like, look, this is not the last time. This It's just part of, it's part of the sport. It's the worst part of the sport. But had that happen earlier this year on the youth hunt, last weekend in October, Big 8 walks out, gun goes click. Bad bullet. Two nights ago, uh, Actually, let's see. Yeah, on on the actual, I guess it was Thanksgiving evening. No, it was Friday. Excuse me. Black Friday, he and I, we had dogs run through. We had a buck in the field. He was going to shoot. Dogs come running through. There's house dogs. Crazy. Run the deer off. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't even know what to say. Right before dark, a really nice deer comes out. Cannot see it in the scope. It's so late. Still legal shooting time, but it was cloudy. Anyways, can't get a shot. Saturday morning, we go back. One of the biggest deer on our farm crosses in front of us after a doe really quick. Can't get a shot. He's bummed. We see another eight point. That's a nice deer. Can't get a shot at it. And at like 930, he ends up getting a shot at at a really nice eight that we had seen on camera. And he dropped it in his tracks. So... Congrats to HLD, man. He man, he's he's been checking the wind and the weather. He's been so into it, and it's uh, it's just so cool. He's he's that way with fishing too. 
And it's just so cool to share that. Like that, I, I never would have imagined even how proud, you know, that you can feel, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like that, that pride in your children. And not that they like, I mean, I'm the same way if he, if he doesn't like what I like, right? What I grew up doing. But it's just special. It's just that bond is just so special. And, uh, you know, Thanksgiving for me growing up was always about being in the woods with my dad, my uncles. And uh, it, it's special. It's it's special. So, so glad that, uh, and we got to take Ryder, my, my nine-year-old. We went the day before Thanksgiving. That's kind of our deal. We all pile up in a stand, posted about that too. But, uh, but Hudson got him one, so... Y'all that commented on that, I appreciate it. Did have, I'd had some mom's basement daggum vegetarians. And you know what? If that's what you want to do, then eat all the turnip greens you want. But here's the thing. Don't search the hunting hashtag and come and rain on my 13-year-old's parade. That's what I got to say. Not everybody likes hunting. That's fine. I get it. I was born, I mean, like, it's all I've ever done. It's all I know. If I live somewhere else, maybe not. I don't know. But, uh... I, 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 it was pretty simple how I laid it out to this person that was commenting is, hey, man, you're welcome because that deer was headed to eat some vegetables and, you know, just competing with you vegans out there. So I took care of the problem. So there you go. There you go. You know what takes care of problems, guys? Startron. Got that in there. Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth and supporting LBL for over three years now. The fine folks at Startron, Starbright. Very excited in a couple weeks, me and Shannon Wheeler. Dude, let's fish. We're going to head down and play some music for the fine folks at Startron at their plant where they actually manufacture that. So can't wait. Want to thank those guys. I actually had to use my chainsaw today because winter is coming. Had to get some firewood. And uh, you know this went in the chainsaw. It'll go on your weed eater, your side by side. But mainly, you got to protect that old outboard engine because as, if it sits too much this winter, that ethanol can be a major, major problem. Little dab will do you right there. Nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run due to ethanol. So kick it in the teeth with some Star Trot. Also got to say a big thanks to <whistles> Bozeman, Montana's own Sims Fishing Products for making the finest fishing clothing out there and and helping out some LBL, helping out. And I am here to remind all of you lowlifers, you get one life. Fish it well. And last but never least, Express Boats, the official bass boat of Low Budget Live and the Traveling Circus. And every day, every week that we click off right here, we're just one week closer, baby. One week closer to standing on that on that 21 Pro, that X21. I can't wait. Cannot wait. So we thank those fine, fine sponsors of Low Budget Live and the Traveling Circus. Man, I am so excited about our guest today, and we are going to get to that very soon. Very soon. Um... This is somebody that I have I have admired for a while now, have a gigantic pile of respect for, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. But first, but first, this is this is it. All you opens pros out there vying for these elite series spots and one more shot at the classic. Here you go. This is it. Lay Lake, 
man, all the what ifs, all the scenarios, it all comes down to this this week. Does Jason Christie pull off the Falcon Rods Angler of the Year? Does Justin Atkins get in? He's in fifth place. Does Matt Robertson make it? Brian New, Scott Martin, Scotty Too Hotty. Who gets in? Who's in? Who's out? It's going to be interesting. Uh, they have got a – I live about three hours north of Lay Lake where this is going down outside of Birmingham, and, man, do we have a cold front. Whoo! But you kind of expect that, right? Of course, it's a bass tournament. There's going to be some crappy weather. They got, they're getting Delta a hand. This is the first winter weather, really, that we've had. And uh, they had cold rain today down there. We're going to see what happens. It's going to be interesting, but y'all y'all need to keep up with that this week. We also have the Toyota Series Championship going on, two hundred grand up there on Lake Cumberland, which is one of my favorite lakes in the entire freaking universe. Love that place. Be a lot of small mouth bass caught. Will Panoptics win both of those tournaments? The answer is probably yes. Live scope, <laughs> especially Cumberland. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance, but. Uh, all those guys just fishing for money in the Toyota Championship because obviously no uh, RIP, Forcewood Cup, FLW Cup, no more cup bursts. Remember last year uh, we did away with that. Uh, we being MLFLW uh, left some guys high and dry on that, but just money, big money, no entry fee championship. I think there's 200 boats in that bad boy. It's going to be interesting to see what they do up there at Great Old Lake Cumberland for dang sure. Uh, I, I think that uh, – it's going to be crazy to see how all this shakes out for real with these opens, man. I'm telling you, this field's going to get a lot stronger, but I'm just anxious to see who gets in, who gets out. What does, you know, what, what are, are bass, they're going to offer any exemptions? Do they need to? Do they have to? Do they, hey, it's, <laughs> I can't wait for all the dust to settle. Then we can really get to talking about what's going on. But uh, a lot of scenarios could play out. A lot of scenarios, so we'll we'll see. It's always fun to see who gets in and gets out. Uh, gets in and gets out, but who gets in? Nobody's getting out of the elites this year. Uh, everybody gets to come back, but it's always interesting to see who who's coming in this new class. And and uh, we already know a few, obviously, but we're gonna we're gonna learn. And and uh, I think that's definitely something worth watching. I wanted to uh, I wanted to address something from last week while we're just chatting amongst ourselves here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I saw not many comments on this, but when I when I was going on my, you know, those guys leaving BPT deal, I wanted to say, I mean zero disrespect to most of the guys that are fishing BPT that are still there. I saw some comments like, give me Kevin Van Dam, not Defoe, and Jacob Wheeler and Jordan Lee against anybody. You suck. Hashtag, I don't like, low budget life or whatever. Saw some comments like that. And and the point, which I felt like I was trying to make, is five of those names that have left are five of the biggest names in the, in the history of the sport. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yes, there are some of the biggest names. Kevin Van Dam, one, I mean, obviously, Jordan Lee, Jacob. I get all that. I know that. And, and I saw some nobody's talking about the 75 that are staying. And, uh, and that's kind of typical what's been going on with all this. Of course it's news. It's news. They're leaving. Iconelli's an owner. Of course it's news. It's huge news. So I wanted to say that. Uh, 
feel like I shouldn't have to say that, that it goes without saying, but I, I mean no disrespect to these legendary anglers that are fit. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm just saying from a business standpoint, things don't look too good right now, in my opinion. You got some of the biggest anglers and you got an owner leaving. The grass ain't, I mean, it ain't that green. It ain't that green. And, you know, I heard from some, uh, a couple of FLW guys that will remain nameless that thanked me uh, for some of the things I had to say about how they were going about choosing who the new BPT anglers are. And you can imagine if you're putting everything you got into that basket, that that's frustrating to see. So, um, yeah. That, but the, I wanted to say that. I, th- I actually I typed that in my phone. That's why I started getting those comments. I'm like, and, and like I said, not many, not many. Um, but I, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of folks over there that I that I care about, and there's a lot of folks over there that I freaking respect. They're great anglers, man. They're great anglers. I don't care what they're fishing carp tournaments. They're great anglers. Like it doesn't matter. I'm just saying the news story was, um, yeah, it was the guys leaving. So. Something, something, uh, this is a tricky one that I'm fixing to talk about here, but I feel like I want to throw it out there and let you guys, y'all comment below, send me DMs, what you think about it. So in the beginning, and and I want to say, I told you a lot of sponsor deals are changing and they are, and there's a lot of big announcements coming from a lot of guys. What I'm seeing right now from Bass from the Bass Pro Tour, and uh, mainly like Boyd Duckett, is, in my opinion, like a really ballsy business strategy. And I will say that, if lack of anything else, my man has he has some gonads, some kahunas, uh, to to try things right and and just keep barreling through whether they're working or not. But in the beginning. You know, it's the Bass Pro Tour. Bass Pro Shops was one of the major sponsors. Johnny Morris threw out the inaugural first cast mirror, all that. Johnny, obviously the owner of the White River Marine Group, tracker boats, ranger boats, triton boats, nitro boats. They were a big sponsor. And originally that contract, which is null and void now because we've broken it and all that, but the original contract stated you could not run a boat brand, right, unless it was a brand ran by somebody in that initial 80, if that makes sense. So there were no Vexuses in that group. There were no Camuses in that group because they they weren't up and going then. So it kind of, in my opinion, was designed to kind of keep them out of Bass Pro Tour. Some would gather. That's kind of what I thought. Okay. Um, kept out Express. Nobody had an Express. Kept out Express. But but you know, Falcons and Bullets, there were a lot of things in. Well, once that contract went went out the window, they ripped it up because they, you know, didn't fall through with a lot of things. And the contract was really null and void after two years. Now things are opening back up. And, you know, huge shakeups. Of course, you know, Vexus was started by some guys from Ranger and Camus was obviously started by Earl Bentz and they were all under that White River Marine umbrella and then they left, started their own thing. One would assume probably not, you know, everything's probably not peachy between those guys and Bass Pro Shops. This is Luke's opinion, nobody else's. Uh, but one would assume, assume, you know, 
what I'm saying? Writing on the wall, business is business, competition's cutthroat. So Boyd Duckett is now selling Camus boats at his boat dealership, Earl Benson's new boat brand. He is now going to be running a Camus boat. I don't know if he's announced that, if he has or whatever. I don't know. But he's go- he's going to run one. And then today I was noticing that Major League Fishing posts a uh, Jared Littner is one of these big sponsor chains. He's been with R- Skeeter and then he was with Ranger. And he left Ranger and is now running a Vexus. Major League Fishing makes this big post about how he gets his Vexus boat ready for the season. And for me, this ballsy move that I'm talking about is how is this going? And this is another one of those kind of cracks in the dam for me. You know, Ranger had always sponsored FLW, and then they, you know, MLF wanted a lot more money, and so Ranger was out, okay? Um, I know Bass Pro cut their money a little bit with the COVID stuff. They've, they've made a lot of cuts overall, obviously, with boat deals and different things and with tournament trails. But for me, this gets this industry so tiny, especially on that boating side, that it is so unbelievably ballsy to me to basically throw these competitors' boats in Johnny Morris Bass Pro Shops White River Marine's face, I feel like you're playing with fire because there's a lot of egos in that business, man. And uh, and and look, I'll say this: I like that transparency that you let Jared Lintner promote Vexus boats, even though Vexus is not an MLF sponsor. I like that. Boyd is, you know, he'd been with Triton forever and now he's in a Camus. Whatever. They're great people making great boats. My thing is this. I just think it's bad for business. <laughs> and if the tournament trail is called the Bass Pro Tour, one would assume Bass Pro Shops would probably want all of their boat brands at the forefront. Now, I don't think they're paying the dollar to get that now. Lots of big change. So, I don't know. That's one to watch, in my opinion, because in those circles of that, in that boating world, man, that's touchy stuff, man. You're, you're talking about market share. You're talking about, you know, money. <laughs> so, I saw that today, and I was like, yeah, I got to talk about that. I think that's just kind of slapping Bass Pro Shops like this. Look at this. Look at this. Look what we can do. We're going to do this since you didn't give us enough money. <laughs> Ooh. Ballsy. Ballsy. We'll see how that... It, it's an interesting strategy, Cotton. Isn't that uh, from the movie Dodgeball? We'll see how it plays out for him. I don't know. Maybe the smartest thing in the world. You know... I would see. Uh, I would think that Boyd would not be running a Camus boat if they were not going to come on as an MLFLW, BPT, uh, RIP, FLW, Big Five sponsor. I would think that that's probably going to be the case at some point. They are building a lot of boats and and really uh, really growing, building a great boat. But I think it's uh, man, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because that those kind of situations just never work out the way you think they're going to work out. I think so. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Lots of, but there's so many shakeups 
in in the angler sponsor world that you're fixing to start hearing about, I'm sure after contracts are over with with a lot of their current sponsors in December, you know, come January, you're gonna start seeing lots of announcements, and you're gonna be like, I'm telling you, there's a lot that has gone down in that world. But keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye on that one. Um, I'm going to send our guest a text. Y'all know how this goes. All right. So I got to, I got to preface this conversation by, by saying, y'all have heard me joke about this for a couple years now. The, um, the thirst traps in bass fishing, uh, the thirst traps, the, the ladies that look, I caught this bass and they're got their thongs and they got the boobs hanging out and all that stuff. Listen, full disclosure, love boobs. I'm here for it. Thongs. I'm here for it. I just think it's a bad representation of what it takes to be a professional angler or just a serious angler in general. And I'm all about, hey man, you wanna you wanna you wanna show off what God gave? Go for it. Go for it. Let me restart the camera real fast. Hang on, y'all. But that being said, these pages get hundreds of thousands of followers and likes, and these people get sponsors, and it's just like, are you really catching the fish? Did somebody hand it to? And it's it's big in the saltwater world. And I know some ladies that are really like like they'll kick your ass in a in a boat. Like they catch them. And my guest today is one of those. She is absolutely um she's one of the hardest working anglers in the country. And she does 99.9999% of it from a kayak. She just recently wrapped up a third place at the Hobie Tournament of Champions, which is like the best of the best of the best of the best in that kayak world. And I just, I'm telling you, man, I would not put anything past this woman right here. Uh, She is at Midwest Fisher Girl on the Instagram, which is kind of where I got to got to keep up and follow her, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Christine Fisher, Luke Duncan, how's it going? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing great. And I just I just went on a little mini rant right before I called you about oh, some no. some topics that we're <laughs> you know me. I'm always going to go on some sort of rant. You know, it's kind of it's kind of my thing. So you're already fired up and the conversation hasn't even started yet. I'm kind of fired up. Yeah. Well, I I was talking about, of course, sponsor stuff. And then I got into the, and then I I wanted to preface this conversation by saying um, about like talking about the thirst traps. And and it's something I've joked about on, on this program a lot over the years or the thirst, the thirst traps. And I even uh, call myself one at times, you know, I'm thirst trapping. I'm Mm -hmm. out here dad bodding it up. Thirst trapping, but it doesn't get me the likes that I need it to get me, you know. Uh, but I, but I, I started your intro by saying, and I want to say it to you, that you are without a doubt one of the hardest working anglers I've ever seen. 
since I, I mean, and, and I followed this sport and obviously been a part of this industry and this sport for a very long time. And uh, a good friend of mine, Brian the Carpenter, yeah, asked Brian. at BTC. <laughs> He had actually, because I, I apologize, like I just, I don't keep up with the kayak world as much as I should, and I do now because of you. Um, wow. And that's no disrespect to kayak anglers of any kind. Um, I just don't, that's just not my world. I want it to be now. Like, I'm super intrigued by all of it. But but <laughs> Brian said, hey, you got to check Christine out, man. It's like, you got to, he's like, this is, like, she is incredible. And so I started following and I'm just, I've been blown away by the adventures you go on and how passionate you are. So I want to say that. Thank you. Uh, I say all that to say thank you for coming on and giving me some time because you're just always, you're just always on the go. <laughs> that, that is life. Yeah. And I, that, I really appreciate that, Wood. That's honestly probably the, the very best compliment that I, I could receive. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. And it's, and it's well-deserved because... We, we, and we're going to get into all this, but there's mm-hmm. something on your, cause I, I, I do, I want to know, I've got an, and I, and I do know a little bit from some very serious female angler friends of mine that how they look at that stuff. And I want to hear, I want to just break it down for people because I, I want to get there, but there's something on your Instagram. And I, I honestly, I'd never noticed this until I was doing my, uh, my little bit of research that I do. And and you have a redefining. You are redefining the female angler stereotype. I want to start right there. You are redefining. That is in quotes in your bio on Instagram. Okay, so at Midwest Fisher Girl, as you are so known on Instagram, mm-hmm. what is the female angler stereotype to you? That is a big question, it is. a multi-million <laughs> question. Um, and, you know, I hope from when I first put that up there, I, you know, I'm, I'm still in, in the Instagram game. I was very new to Instagram. I, I was kind of a late up and comer with that. Um, when I, when I first got on there, that was my, that was in my bio and it, I've never taken it down. Yeah. Well, um, I love it. And, <laughs> it's yeah, amazing. It's beautiful. It, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, obviously one of the, the driving factors that I've um, used to kind of push myself and, and my career and in and, and this industry. And I think what the female angler stereotype, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just preface this by saying when I first got onto the, you know, I fished my entire life, but I was very new to social media when it was, you know, I was late to social media. And when I started, you know, kind of getting up and with the times, the face of female fishing and all the advertisements and all, all over social media was this, uh, was a bikini gal down in Florida. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing that and seeing in the advertise, even the ones when she, you know, was, was modestly, you know, or I shouldn't even say modestly, she functionally dressed <laughs> her mechanics and the way they, yes. they, 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 they marketed her made women look completely incompetent yeah. in every single aspect. And I, I remember just being furious um, and outraged. And I was like, so this is when women come into the sport, this is what they see is how we are marketed. And at that point, I didn't really, you know, gender wasn't a big, I didn't look at myself as a female angler. That was, that was just an angler for me. I was just an angler. Just an angler. Um, Absolutely. But I was, yeah, but I was livid at how, and, and then the more time I spent on social media 
and, and at these, and I started going to these shows and started meeting these self-proclaimed uh, badass female <laughs> anglers. And actually I got to fish with them. I was like, wow, we, this is, this, we've got to, we've got to do some things here. Um, no wonder I'm not taken seriously anywhere I go by anybody <laughs> that doesn't know me, you know, like we've got a, we've got a lot of work to do in this industry. So and that's kind of where that started. Well, and, and I, I can tell you that just following along with your career, what you do, what you're about, you are, if if anybody follows you and gets the idea that that's what your game is and that you're about that, <laughs> they need to uh, just shut down their social media period because that is not <laughs> your deal in the least. And and it's, it is... I, I don't know. I saw one today, and and I almost texted you this. I screenshot it, and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to be that guy. But th- there there was there was one that I saw today, booty shorts, you know, and it was like this this inspirational thing with a rod and reel, and I was like, yeah, but I don't think you're really. That's not why you posted it. You're not trying to get more people into fishing. You're trying to get them clicks. Trying to get them like, yeah, you do. I'm sure. I I think we've talked about this person privately. Yes, we have. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating for me. Um, and I think, and, and I don't want to say, I I don't want this to sound the wrong way in that you don't get enough credit or anything like that. Cause I feel like you very much like you, you got your sponsors, you bust your ass for your sponsors. You work so hard at your, at your talent you work so hard at social media. My God, the filming, you're always, you're always running cameras on everything, which people, that, that the work that goes into that alone, mm. while you're trying to compete, while you're trying to stay ahead of amazing anglers you're competing against, all of that is a lot of freaking work, a lot it of is. work. And so to not just go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hire a photographer I'm going to I'm going to get some small mouth and put this bikini on and I'm going to get these likes up on this page because that's the easy that's the easy way out I feel like, right? 100%. I yep. mean it it is and 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 look. I I don't want this to come across. I, I said this before you came on. Bikinis are great. That's fine. If it, I I I absolutely if you got it, rock it. Whatever. I'm not saying that, and, and if, and if you're, you're a woman listening to this and you love bass fishing or musky fishing or saltwater fishing and you like to do it in the skimpiest bikini ever, you know what? You do you. I'm not here to yeah, knock absolutely. it, but I'm saying when people monetize it, 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 becomes a little, it becomes a little dirty for me in that sense. And, and, and it becomes a little, it's like, how can, because... You know, like I know how many how many of your fellow kayak anglers out there bust their ass like you do and get no love. It's the same There's, in the Bass yeah. Pro world. How yeah. many there are hundreds, right? Yeah. That are trying to feed their families that that have this dream and then you get an Instagram page that gets two hundred thousand likes because it holds because up because of the way they look. Of it's, course. It's, 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 it's the it's perpetration bizarre. for self gain that yes. really it, it and it's 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 abusing our resources for self gain. Yes. And I see that more. I saw a clip today from a, uh, from a gal and this super famous YouTuber. I don't know anything about real famous YouTubers, but I was sent this clip 
And this gal, the guy's self-filming himself and the gal's in the background spraying down this other girl with oil. <laughs> they caught a four-pound bass. Who I mean? bass <laughs> hanging there for eight minutes out of the water. Oh, my gosh. And um, it's just... You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough for, for a lot of us. And it takes away from, you know, not only people that are working hard, but like you said, I, I feel for the guys out there that are, are, are cashing checks and busting their butts on the, on the professional scene and working hard. And they can't, they can't get a sponsorship because we have these, we've got to appease you these can't even get a now. can't even get a call back a lot of times yeah. from a sponsor, you know. Yeah. But that being said, it's about what's moving product to a lot of companies, unfortunately. But I love yeah. that. I feel like you you've got some great partners. I see you posting about them a lot, and and you do them a, you do them a great job. But I think for me, I've got a daughter, and and you and I have had had some conversations about this. It is it is absolutely one thousand percent for me. Um, it, it's amazing to see what you're doing and it's because I would never want her to be out there thirst trapping, so to speak. And, and she loves to be in the outdoors. She loves to fish. And I feel like because those folks are out there that if she, if my daughter showed up at an outdoor show, nine out of 10 booths, she walked by, I would think that that's the kind of fisherman she is, right? That she just goes right. because a guy likes it or because she thinks she looks cute holding a bass or whatever, and that's mm-hmm. and that's sad but true because I know I know like you know like Captain Mo Newman. Do you know mm-hmm. Mo? <laughs> yep, I know Mo. She's she, on the yeah, she's on the Aqua team. Right absolutely, yeah. just like yep. Mo is like the real deal. And I'm not going to start naming people because it's just like there's too many. Melinda Hayes is one in our industry tournament fish. Just made the All American yep. winning co angler. But like there are so many women that love it. There's several women that listen to LBL every week that comment that I see them. Uh, posting pictures they're out just killing it mm-hmm. and love it and and I told you a long time ago man I wanted to get you on here to talk about some of this because it, it is I don't know I and look guys are the problem right we're the problem I'm part of the problem because like I said before you came up I like a bikini come on it pops up there <laughs> I, may, I may give it a double click come on I may give it a heart Absolutely. what am I gonna do I, you know I'm only human but I'm just saying <laughs> There are there are so many people out there working really hard that the thirst traps I, I, they just drive me crazy. Swindle, Gerald Swindle and I have talked about this, and he actually made a video. He said, "How them girls check them trail cameras with them shorts up the rear?" <laughs> he said, "How are they not chafed?" He said, "How, how are they not have chiggers?" He said that he goes, "They bend over in front of them trail cameras. It don't even make sense. They don't even it makes no sense." <laughs> so, uh, oh me. Well, I, I think that. Uh, I think everybody listening there, I, I hope that y'all know, uh, if, if you're not following Christine, make sure you are at Midwest Fisher Girl on Instagram. And what's your YouTube channel? It's the same, right? I think it's just Christine Fisher. It's just Christine I'm Fisher. Pretty, okay. pretty new to YouTube, but I, gotcha. yeah, I think it's just Christine Fisher on well, that. Well, if you guys like bass fishing at all, musky fishing, which we're, get, we're, we're going there. I got to go there because <laughs> I got to hear about this. But, she, but, but she has, you, you, so your biggest win to date, your defining career, defining moment was on Kentucky Lake, correct? It that was probably my biggest win. Yeah, I had. Yeah, and most most that was the first big national win, and I, yeah, it had to be my biggest. I think. And that's 2019 when that happens. Yes. Yep. Yep. And and talk about how big that field was. I mean, the, these fields in these kayak tournaments, blew, that was something I wrote in my notes that blow my mind for the most part, yeah. how many freaking boats you guys have in these events. 
what do you do to separate yourself in that kind of event? Because I know if it's 300 bass boats, obviously you guys are limited to where you can go a little bit, but hell, a little, I, bit. A yeah. little bit, but I, I keep up with you and see that like nothing's out of play basically right. <laughs> for any, yeah, any of you. Water. Yeah. Any of you guys, <laughs> you're out in open water, you're up the creeks, you're up a river, you're out, you're all over the place. Grass yeah. fishing, ledge fishing doesn't matter. You guys are really versatile. But how, like in that tournament, for example, how did you separate yourself from the crowd on a tough Kentucky lake? So our our tournaments on on the national level, um, we draw an average of probably 125. Uh, you know, the Bass BASS ones have been drawn like 130 to 160. We had 169 on Chickamauga a couple weeks ago. Um, so they have fields and they're stacked and we've got some incredible sticks, uh, several guys that used to fish the bass opens and fish FLW. We've got, we've got a lot of those guys competing. So it's, uh, it's definitely, there's a lot of, a lot of competition out there. And, you know, I think you touched on this earlier is just, you, you've got to, you've got to work your tail off. <laughs> you you got to put in a ridiculous amount, um, of prep work. And I, and I always try to do that. You know, if, if there's a, a big tournament coming up. I'm, I'm on maps if I'm not already at, you know, at the lake. I like to give myself a, a good few solid three or four days of practice. But before that, I'm scouring the Internet. I'm looking at mostly looking at Google Earth and, and Navionics and just trying to, to break down areas and selecting areas that I'm going to spend time on, run ramps and just check and, and look. And, you know, it, it's it's a lot of work that goes into this stuff because, you know, I can't can't get in the boat and, and run and check spots. So I've got to be very selective and very uh, meticulous about selecting the areas that I want to break down and practice. Now, do you ever so I mean, what do you do you, even after a practice? Because like you said, you can't run. So mm-hmm. for me, I make a 60 mile run in a bass boat and it turns out no bueno. I can <laughs> I can pull up the trolling motor and go 60 miles the other way. Now, I spent a lot of time doing that, but but I don't burn a whole day. So you're looking at Google Earth, say you're going to go, I I saw a post from the Susquehanna tournament you fish. You said you drifted like 15 miles in one day and you're like, uh, that's not ideal. Look, you don't want, you don't want to, you're hoping like that is not your, that's like your plan D. And that was, I I had to resort to plan D. (laughs) Well, I I read this though. And then I was wrapping my head around this. I'm going, holy crap. You're like, you're like, I'm 30th out of whatever it is, bad day. Uh, I went 15 miles in my kayak. I'm like, damn, okay. All right, I hear you. Uh, but but my question is, I guess, when you pick out that area on Google Earth after practice, if it doesn't work, are you loading it back up in the truck? Do you have to try to grind it out in there? What What's the move then? Well, we're allowed, and all three of the national trails, we are allowed to, launch, to, to load up and relaunch. Okay, okay. Um, I try really hard not to do that, though. There have been a there have been a few tournaments. If, if I, like when I'm looking at areas, I try really hard. Um, and I, I usually do a pretty good job of this. Sometimes I don't do a good job of it, but when I'm looking at an area for a tournament, uh, it's very important to me that I have a plan A, B, and C within an area. And if I, like, say if I find fish shallow, like in the back of the Creek, if there's a, if, if the water tends to drop and I've got to find that area has got to have a secondary area that those fish are going to pull off to. I've got to be able to understand the area and have, you know, transition points and areas that I know if I can't catch them here, there's a, a riprap wall or a seawall around the corner that I can at least scratch the limit out. There's docks I can flip. 
I like to have a lot of diversity within an area. Okay. So I've got a lot of backup plans. Well, now, sometimes I don't have that, though. Um, sometimes, you know, I was on a pattern way up on Logan Martin where I had a lot of good fish in the mouths of uh, the, the feeder creeks up the river. And I had three of them within a two-mile stretch. And then about nine miles down, I had a, a series of, of five or six others that I could hit. So that's a situation where I'd go, and if I was on that pattern and they were on it, I'd run, hit the mouths of those, load up, drive down, relaunch, hit the mouths of the other ones. <laughs> wow. Wow. What's the what's the longest distance that you'll paddle in one day, though, or that you'll, you'll, you'll pedal, you'll paddle? I mean, is it like that distance? If it's over a couple miles, you're like, hey, I'm out. I'm going to, I'm going to load up. What's your, what's your range that you feel comfortable in being able to fish and, uh, you know, be, be efficient in a day? Well, it depends. If I'm fishing, like if I'm fishing a river system, if like I'm fishing up on lacrosse, like I've floated the entirety of pool seven in a day during a tournament. <laughs> crap, um, that was, uh, that was, uh, again, you can't fish super efficiently when you're doing that. Um, but flow trips are a little different, especially if you've got real fast moving water. Like I just fished the French broad and, you know, floating a, a nine mile. I mean, I, that, you could do that in a dang near an hour and a half with the way wow. it's moving for that TOC. Um, but if I'm fishing, a, you know, like Kentucky Lake or something like that, I would say my I've gone about nine and a half, ten miles in one day um, running ledges. Wow. That, that's about that's about my max. That's about what I, I want to do. Um, it's about nine and a half, ten miles, and I, I like to keep it under five if I can. Jeez, Christine, I don't know if you know this about me, but this you're you're describing everything about kayak fishing that I, <laughs> that would make me terrible at it, and and it's and it's I'm real ADD, and I like to fish everything in, mm-hmm. all in one day. Uh, way too fast most of the time, as my tournament record has has shown many times, <laughs> and uh, I'm really out of shape. So <laughs> this, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, the whole when you said eight or eight to ten, I'm like, you know, I I think that I probably could. I would just I'll be your camera guy. I'll follow you in a boat. I'll film you whatever I need to do. But I I don't know. Uh, I man, that is that is incredible to me that that's the case. So I'm gonna ask you. Uh, I see you make some posts about this, and this kind of in the same vein. Do you think, and I love this because you're talking about you pick an area and you break it down. Because I am a firm believer, as much uh, ADD in my fishing as I do have, I am a firm believer that there are fish in a lot of places. And there mm-hmm. are a lot more fish. Uh, you know, I, I, I started realizing after I got power poles for the first time, how many fish we used to fish past, right? With the wind oh, blowing yeah. or whatever. So when you start slowing down, it's like, oh my gosh, there were five on this one laydown where mm-hmm. 20 years ago, I would have caught one and went on. So do you think, and in your experience, I mean, I, I shouldn't even say think, that boaters a lot of times miss opportunities in areas because they have the capability of running around too fast? Are you picking off fish behind people that you, that, that maybe blow through an area and roll on? Yes. That's a, that's a very good question. And I have kind of a, a, a two part answer. Okay. So yes, I've, uh, so many times, especially during tournaments, I have absolutely no issues. Um, cause we, we fish a lot of the same lakes and have, there's almost always a big boat tournament or yeah. two or three that, that go on simultaneously with our tournaments. And I remember one specifically on the Coosa River, I had, I was fishing 
um, this little channel between one of these big back bays and the main river. And this channel was loaded with wood. And there were three boats. I watched them come up and hit this outside channel swing, all of them throwing a spinner bait, all of them just taking apart the laydowns, moving past. And, you know, my, my bite was a little slow that morning, and they all kind of said, man, you'd be throwing spinner bait. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, working the opposite, I'm working the opposite way, hitting what you guys just hit. I'm sure as heck not going to throw a spinnerbait after all three of these boats just did that. Yeah, of course. So I go to this big, this, this lay down that I had caught two good fish on the day before. And I sat, I made, I flipped, I was flipping. And I flipped four times. And on that fourth cast, I caught a six pounder. Wow. And that, you know, a lot of times we will, we don't fish. And I'm guilty of this too. We don't fish the, the, that wood, you know, docks. We don't, we don't make enough casts. And there's been sometimes I've made 11 flips and caught a fish on that 11th flip. You know, it's just, it's, it's so meticulous sometimes. Oh, um, it, but at the same time, you know, what bass boats can do and probably why that they excel at this is they're looking for those active fish a lot of times. For sure. And they can cover so much more water. If they're, if they're on, a, if they're on that, if they're on that pattern, like they're fishing wood, man, they can hit <laughs> so much more oh, yeah. than I can. Well, it, so. It, it, People like Kevin Van Dam made a living doing that, right? Exactly. Just run and gun, yep. feed the fish that want to eat. And other than that, he's not messing with them unless exactly. he's just got to. But you basically in that situation, you have no other option. So you're going to pick that cover apart. And I think that's really interesting and makes you really dangerous as an angler because you're learning lessons. And, and all kayak anglers, you're learning mm-hmm. lessons about it, – it, it, I would equate it to a really good co-angler – at times, like behind pros, when I fished the FLW Tour as a co, like you've got to learn what works behind people and completely polar opposite, uh, you know, presentations and things. So I think that uh, that you guys probably see a lot of situations that most people in boats don't ever see, I would say. I mean, and obviously you get the – you guys are ledge fishing and you're doing the – you're doing the mm-hmm. what I would call, quote, normal tournament things. Summertime, mm-hmm. I've seen you grass fish. Uh, all that kind of stuff. It's not always way up a creek or way up a river necessarily, which mm-hmm. people kind of equate to kayak fishing, I feel like, uh, right. as a whole. But uh, I, that's that's very – I wanted to ask you that because I thought that was uh, – it, it was there was you've made a couple posts, and I think I do remember that six-pounder from – that was Logan Martin you said? The uh, Coosa River. Yeah, Coosa. Yeah, okay, that, okay. The six pounder. I don't yeah. know. That was, that was such a cool moment. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I've got to ask you this: as a as a kayak tournament angler, are you saying there, there may be two or three big boat tournaments at the same time? Mm-hmm. I, I have experienced this when I fished out of smaller aluminum boats. At times, do you always get the amount of respect you feel like you deserve uh, from boaters? Are they courteous when they see you in a kayak? Do you have run-ins uh, at times? with with anglers you know, encroachment it, i should say <laughs> oh well there's always a, a certain degree of that i've had surprisingly enough i've had more positive experiences than not that's awesome and and oftentimes i feel like it's it's the area it's not necessarily you know like some anglers and a certain on a certain fishery are pretty like like saint Clair. it's like you're gonna you catch a fish you've got 30 boats and 10 yards of you, all fishing the same stretch of yes. rock right but, you know, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of respect from boaters. Um, I've had a couple, maybe just a handful instances when I, I you know, a couple guys that it, it, they just act like, 
I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if people say something to me like, hey, you know, how, how's your day going? I'm the, the friendliest, you know, sure, share this, you know, share this, uh, this flat yeah. they're feeding right now. No big deal. But if people, if they pull up and just act like I don't even exist, that's pretty infuriating. And that's, that's happened a few times. Or I had one guy say, hey, we're fishing a tournament, and, you know, and I'm sitting on this <laughs> ledge spot. And I'm like, so, so am I. You're like, and it, okay. I, the I'm actually fishing for more money than you right now. Wow. So, yeah, and I, of course, don't say that because I try to be as respectful as possible. But honestly, for the most part, they, I, I've been pretty fortunate with my with most of my run-ins with boaters. I'm sure you hear horror stories, though, uh, because oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, when I fished the FLW Tour, you had a lot of, I mean, we had run-ins with locals, you know, a lot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And um, I can only imagine when you're when you're in a kayak and, and you're sitting right where some guy thinks that they need to be on Saturday right. morning, how they take to that at times. Uh, right. So I've got to ask you this as well. Um, it, it, the kayak thing, you're locked in. Obviously, you musky fish a ton. And I, and and that is an I would say more of an addiction for you than anything keeping up with you. I, I feel like I can say that. Uh, I don't know you well, but I feel like that musky fishing is an addiction to you. But so is the kayak, the bass tournaments. What does the future look like for you? Are you content where you are? Do you want to win everything there is to win in kayak fishing, or do you have you know? aspirations of of moving into saltwater or pro tournament angling out of the front of a boat i mean the bassmaster opens npfl like what what do you what are you thinking i mean are you just going where the uh, susquehanna river takes you <laughs> <laughs> which is a long oh, ways boy. is where it took you Boy, I, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of uh, a lot of friends of mine, both on the professional tours and friends in the kayak world and friends in the industry about this very thing. And um, my my nature is not to to settle where I'm at. Like I always, when I accomplish something, I'm looking at the next thing to accomplish. Um, I love the kayak community. Um, I think there's we're going to experience even more growth in the upcoming years, and there's going to be just, you know, a, an abundance of opportunities for kayak anglers. However, I want to change the world. Um, and I don't know if that means me, uh, I'm going to be the one to be the first female to, to qualify for the classic legitimately, or I'm going to inspire the next gal who's got the skills to do it. But I just, I've had this kind of calling and I don't know what that means, what that looks like. I've, I've looked seriously into fishing the Bass Opens um, and what that would mean and what I would need to do. Um, for me, that's very daunting because I know what that would mean for every other aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. And you said, I am a, I'm a very passionate angler. Um, bass fishing wasn't even in my top five of, of things to chase, you know, growing up or even in, you know, in my twenties, I, you know, I wouldn't go fish for largemouth if I had an option. I was fishing for everything else. <laughs> um, but that being said, um, I've, I've thought about doing the co-angler thing. I, I think I would hate being in the back of the boat, but I think it would give me a perspective and a little bit of insight into that world. Um, I don't think I'd be able to do that very long though. You know, maybe a couple of tournaments before I'd, I'd, I'd need to get my own boat and, you know, dive, dive headfirst into the, the bass opens, I think would be the route that, you know, I've really been, been thinking about. Um, but like I said, that would require 150% of my time and commitment and effort. And I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't focus on anything else until I succeeded at that. I, I just, I know, I know myself too well. I can, uh, I can imagine that that is absolutely, uh, 1000% would be the case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, people, if you're listening to this and you own a boat company, send her the damn boat, put it in, put it on a trailer right now, send it to her house, pay her entry fees to the bathroom. She doesn't need to be a co-angler. No offense to co-anglers. I, I co-angled. You know it. You know the game. Put her in the front of the boat, turn her loose. She, and and I, I would agree with you. You said you wanted to change the world. You are changing it. You are changing it. In my in my opinion, you're changing it every freaking day. You are uh, you're killing it, man. You're killing it, and I, I am uh, I'm very thankful to know you, and I'm thankful that you're in in this sport because you are a you're a bright spot. In an otherwise, you know, we, we you know the craziness that's going on politically oh, yeah. in the sport with the Bass Pro Tour, Bassmaster shakeups, those kind of things. Our our sport's mm. been very divided. I talk about it too much on this show. But you are definitely a bright spot in that, uh, for sure. So, damn you sponsors, you boat companies out there, motor companies. <laughs> she needs it in the garage right next to the Hobie, okay? All right, <laughs> you heard it here. Okay, I've got, I've, got, uh, I've got one more question, and this, Christine, is the most important question you're ever going to get asked on any podcast, any magazine interview, when you win the classic one day, nobody's going to ask you anything this cool or this important, but I need you to I need you to to put on your turnpike troubadours thinking cap Ooh, for this boy. one. So, okay. so in getting to know you through following your your adventures and and all your successes on Instagram, I noticed and and we've messaged back and forth about this a couple times. You love good music. You love good absolutely. music, absolutely. And yep. and. The other day you were headed out musky fishing and you said, I've got the Turnpike Troubadours hat on for good luck. And notoriously, if we're just being <laughs> honest, Turnpike Troubadour for all you, we got a lot of Turnpike fans listening to LBL, I promise you. Not a lot of luck associated with the Troubadours. Because <laughs> no. bless their hearts. We've had a rough they? go. But I got to ask you, I, I'm a songwriter. I am a lyrics, lyrics guy. So I'm not going to let you off easy by saying... What's your favorite Turnpike song? Okay. Because Evan Felker is one of the, I believe to be one of the greatest songwriters of my generation, our generation. He, he's, he's an amazing storyteller and we are very fortunate to live on a planet earth where he existed with a pen and a guitar. So I ask you, what is your favorite Turnpike line? Mm. Boy. <laughs> yeah, forget yeah. songs. That's easy. I oh, want the yeah, line because I've got mine written down. I was thinking about it tonight because it popped up on a shuffle, and I'm like, "That's it. Yep, I gotta, I gotta ask." So you think about it. I might hum a song or something in the background while you're thinking, like like Jeopardy. Mm. This is important. So you're, this well, is so a very talking, judgy. Very well, judgmental yeah, it, question it here, be, too. That's, that's a very, <laughs> there's a lot of weight in that question. Yes. Yes. And for those of you song lyric fans out there that are watching this right now and listening to this, you know this is a big deal. This She could completely blow this. It's been in a great time. <laughs> she could blow this out. I may unfollow tonight on Instagram. Oof. No, okay. No pressure. 
Gosh, there is some pressure. There, I'm thinking about, I've got like <laughs> there, nine there's... favorite songs, but then there's those certain parts that you just yes. sing a little bit louder. Yeah, that's right. But how or they hit a little different. one that's going to, well they, well, they all hit a little bit. They all hit a little different depending on the day. Evan, Evan right. knows how to, that's right. even, even, even post-rehab, Evan knows how to yes, do that. Yes, of course. Gosh, that's not even a... <laughs> Could I ask you your favorite? I could ask you your favorite muscular, and you would have spit it right out. I could ask you anything. Your your favorite lake, all that stuff. But this is this to me. This is what this is going to seal the deal on on a great interview, great conversation. Oh boy. Okay. So I keep coming back to this one, and I almost hate to say it because this is before I knew that people liked Turnpike. And I didn't even, you know, I thought nobody knew him from Nebraska. And I was so excited about this song. Um, It's seven and seven. And I hate that it's so popular for them because I just, I I am usually. I feel that. that I feel that. You know what I mean? I feel that. I know that. But they're good for a reason. part in that song that I just, because it, it like, it like symbolizes my life and being on the road and the things that I, the sacrifices I've had to make and the, the life that I've had to give up. And, you know, I, I, I get a lot of time on the road by myself. Absolutely. And when he says, you ain't nothing, just an interstate daydream. <laughs> I just, I sing that so yes. loud. Yes. And I can't help it. I just wish that, I wish that song wasn't so overly, overly played but anymore. That, because it's really great. It's such a, it's such a good one. Well, I got, I've got, just because uh, I'm narcissistic, I have to tell you mine because yeah, this I, one I, slays I me. This one slays me every time. I, I've played this song for years. I listen to this song almost daily, I feel like. But in Good Lord Lori, which is my oh. the entire song, whenever she leaves him at the end and he says, and her words cut clear through drunk and dark and dimming doorway light, I think that is one of the greatest things that's ever been put on oh. paper because of the alliteration and the everything that it paints in that just line that one gets me every single time. I'm like, that is that is something. And he has, let's be honest, I, that was a very heavy question. There are 200 amazing lines if you dig deep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very hard. So that was a loaded question. So I'll, I'll give you an easy one to end on. <laughs> what is your overall is it seven and seven is that your favorite no, turnpike song what no. is your number one turnpike song of all time i'm kind of on bird hunters right now oh yes yes that one's tough was tough yeah i think i'm kind of on i like i mean there there's not one of his songs that i just don't it, it's all it, it's all gold i mean you, you yes. know this. i don't have to really yes. say that but I go through phases. I liked Full Damn Town for a while. Yes. Um, There's there's so many. Um, But I think Bird Hunters right now. I like the Mercury too. But Bird Hunters right now, because this this is time of year and the lyrics, I just kind of... That one, the imagery in that one is absolutely like if you can't see every single thing going on as you listen to that song, he paints a Mm -hmm. picture of that. It's like uh, one of my best friends who I've played music with for years, hunt and fish with, he said, when he listened to that, he goes, it's like this guy is 90 years old. That's the amazing thing about him, to be in his 30s. It's like he's 90 and has lived the most amazing life 
three times almost. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he the way he writes is incredible. Right. Uh, so I've got to say, "Empty as a Drum" is is right up there for me too. That that one mm. is uh, that one tells quite the story too. So, all right, that's it. That's it. Low budget live, low lifers right there. Christine Fisher, you survived. You survived low budget oh live. I feel like We're you probably here. kept most of your sponsors. Um, <laughs> I don't think I we think should. Thank the good Lord that they're supportive of, of me and what I, what I stand for. So I think we're good. <laughs> and you know what? I think that is, uh, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big thing for them to uh, get behind the woman that's going to change the world. Because I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Thank you so much for taking time out of Thanksgiving weekend to do this. Uh, we've been planning it for a while, and we're going to do it again very, very soon. Absolutely. It was an honor to be on the show. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what you're going to do with the NP, the National Professional <laughs> Fishing League. It's right? a long name, NPFL. Yeah, yeah we got. It's so hard for me. NPFL. It's much easier to, to make an. We've been of it. saying yeah, like on that. on our company calls that we have, we're just the league. We're just trying to get the league out Ooh, there because yeah, it's I just like uh, it's a mouthful for sure. I'm gonna. I'm probably if you're gonna get to watch any of that, I'm gonna be tongue tied a lot which I have a habit of anyway. So saying the National Professional Fishing League several times in a six-hour broadcast would probably be um, difficult for yours truly. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. We've, we've got the schedule announcement coming out soon, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. You follow in March. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I will be. Yep, I, I follow all that very, very, very closely. And maybe well, one, day, uh, one day I'll be on one of those. Uh, hey, fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed I get to announce your first NPFL victory. Man, wouldn't that be the day? Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll play some turnpike on on the live coverage. Damn right. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Guys, make sure you are following at Midwest Fisher Girl on everything. Christine Fisher, thank you. You're awesome. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. There we go. She is, uh, she's one of a kind. She's one of a kind. She's doing big things in this fishing world. And, and I, you know, I've been trying to line that up for quite a while now. She's very busy. And it just uh, felt like this was a good week. This was a good week to, to get uh, Miss Christine on here. And I really, really appreciate that. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm just, uh, her story is remarkable. And we didn't get into a lot of it because I was babbling as usual. But uh, she's... You know, born and raised, she, she's musky fishing is her passion, and she hasn't even been bass fishing really that long. She catches them. If you follow along, not a lot of fluff there, just bass, 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 nonstop. She kills it. She absolutely kills it. So uh, go give her a follow for sure, and appreciate you guys. As always, very thankful coming off Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for each and every one of you that listen to LBL, that listen to LD and the MC. We'll have a new episode for you on Wednesday. Of course, you can find it just like you can find LBL on iTunes, Spotify. Of course, LBL now on the Waypoint Podcast Collective. Very proud to be a part of that group. Uh, Just thanks. Thanks. Thanks, 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 thanks. That's all I can say. The fact that I get to do this every week is mind-blowing to me. Honestly, because it's it's very therapeutic. I say that a lot, but it is. I love it. Love getting to know. It's it's given me the opportunity to get to know so many really cool people like Christine Fisher. So uh, I want to say thank you to her again for coming on as well. 
That's it for me. I'm going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues. Y'all know what we do. Little Biloxi Blues on the way out. And I will see y'all in December. It's here. make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.